0: hello hello my name is Keisha Chung and my name is Muna Traore and welcome to the Collective Culture Creative Conversations podcast where we chat with different BIPOC creatives and
1: community leaders we love and admire hello welcome to November this is November yes November oh my god it's Oh, it's your birthday month
0: yeah it is but i'm not one of those people so
1: <laughs> i know but i am so yay happy birthday my like, luna scorpio season i love
0: scorpio, I love scorpio season scorpio. but i'm like my birthday is gonna be so
1: low-key that's okay it's your day it's your day you can do whatever you want you can sit in a closet in the dark if you want for the whole day because it's your day i'm gonna be you. by my blood self doing me. <laughs> good Good. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's getting cold outside if you're in Canada and it sucks. Um, but we're very <laughs> excited to be here because we have some great guests today. But before we get into that, Muna, how are you doing? Checking in.
0: Checking in. How am I doing? You know, I'm surviving. I um, have been feeling better and better every day, but I definitely feel like I have like a constant depression and I think it would be abnormal if I didn't based on Mm -hmm. all the crazy life events I've been going through over the last six months. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I'm not crying as much as I used to. That's good. Happy to hear that. Yeah. Are you yeah. Are you
1: visiting your therapist
0: often still? Oh, yeah, of course. Therapy is like the highlight of my week. Um, I'm reading lots of self-help books and I'm just, I don't know, I'm definitely like burnt out and I definitely feel like being home and with my family has been great, but it hasn't been um, relaxing. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm excited to... Go to LA in a couple of days and finally be back home and finally just sort of be where I feel like I want to be.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, are you, But you're finding some things to give you some peace and joy in your life. I hope
0: mostly food and beverages good. <laughs> give me peace and joy. Fantastic. And animals, but yeah, yeah. I I've, I'm lucky. I have some good friends in my life and people who check in on me. So yeah, good. I'm
1: happy to hear that.
0: What about you, Keisha? How are you doing?
1: I am burnt out. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on right now. Well, when this comes out, a lot of those events would have passed, but I'm I'm just I'm tired. Like I've I've been going for the past like six months, I'd say, and I haven't really stopped and even actually longer than like seven months, and I haven't really gotten a break and it's just it's catching up now so i'm trying my best i'm not as anxious which is good but i'm just there's a lot on my plate and i'm just trying to find moments to relax as much as i can from from moving from december i'm i'm gonna take a bit of a break and i'm not taking on any new projects until the new year um but i'm honestly it's so weird because i am burnt out but i'm so excited for all the things that are going on right now like i have a lot of amazing opportunities coming to fruition my film is like playing at festivals i'm getting all these interview opportunities. Like I'm so grateful for all of that. I just wish that I had anticipated how busy I would be. So I could have rested my body a bit more prior to, you know what I mean? But this is what you do when you're learning. It's first times for things for a lot of the stuff I'm doing right now. So overall, I'm okay. I'm just tired. My social meter is not as high as it used to be anymore. I
0: feel you. I feel you. Do you think it'll change anytime soon?
1: I have like the next like three weeks is really intense. And then um, I'm switching to another rotation for, at my job at the end of November. So once that's kind of like out of the way and I know what that's going to look like, it'll, it'll. I'm sure it'll shift and then it's the holidays. I'm, like I said, like a lot of the stuff I'm doing now is for the first time. And I didn't anticipate how much it would take out of me because I don't have as much bandwidth. When things happen, it it affects me more because I don't have a lot to give to deal with like small emotional things that you know before might not have been as big of a deal. So I'm hoping it's going to change soon. But I'm really just trying to enjoy all the amazing opportunities I have with the energy that I do have. Mm-hmm. I got to see my family Thanksgiving, which was really nice. Like that really revived me in as many ways as it could. And um, you know, just trying to be more selective about my time and and who I spend it with and and what I do when I don't have to be doing something. You know. Oh, that. Part that is
0: integral, just being yeah. clear about who is filling you up and filling your cup, and who is draining you.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Other than what other people are giving you, what about content you're watching? What are you, what are you engaging with right now? What's feeding you, Muna?
0: What's feeding me? Yeah. Um, like 111 other million people in the world, I have watched Squid Game, and that to me was actually really fun. It was really exciting. I Did you call it fun. Been, yeah, Did you call it I think fun. What? It's stressful, yes, but it was also like. I found it fun because you can tell that the people behind it really love, you know, creating TV and storytelling. There was so much attention to detail. There was so much specificity. There, it was so complex and nuanced. And even though you can say that it's been done before or it's derivative, uh, people comparing it to Hunger Games and Battle Royale and all these other um, manga, comics, like it's still something like I haven't seen before like, all of those elements brought together, especially on, like, a streaming platform. And I love Korean movies. I love some of the Korean TV shows that are available for streaming. And so it was delicious. I delighted in it. And I every episode had so many different thoughts and so many different feelings. I want to watch it again because there's so many Easter eggs on the show. And I think if I watch it with someone else and see their process, mm-hmm. that's also going to be really fun and exciting to see yeah. how they pick and choose what to pay attention to and how they formulate a narrative and a story and, you know, all the archetypes that are presented to us. Yeah. Cause me going into it, I was really of the mind like, okay, this person can't win because that's too obvious. Or this person can't win because of this or that and how the story takes so many twists and turns and surprises us. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I didn't watch all of it
0: to be honest,
1: is a little heavy for me, man. Like all the death and violence was a lot. And like I watched the first two episodes and then my stepdad was watching it. So I'd like kind of watch it while he was watching it. And then I saw like an episode in the middle and then I saw the last episode. And I feel like I really missed out on something culturally, but my emotions can't handle that right now. I like literally just need things to make me laugh. <laughs> like That's all I've been, I've been needing from content. Oh, I totally understand that. Yeah, like it's, it's like knowing what you can handle, you know? And like, I just, I, I can't. Handle that right now. My I'm a little too fragile. But the first time I saw the show, I was like, there are gonna be so many Squid Game costumes this Halloween. I just I I can foresee it. There's gonna be so many,
0: and I'm very excited for it. Like it's a great group costume because everybody can be a different person.
1: Exactly. Like I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I do like when I watched it's funny because I only watched fully like the last episode, and I kind of knew who the characters were and stuff like that, right? But like even I was shocked. Like I didn't even I wasn't invested in the show in the same way, and I was like, oh shit oh shit like so a testament to the writing of that show because it caught me off guard as somebody who was like mildly invested in it you know
0: it's a good slow burn
1: yeah exactly so
0: what are you watching that is making you laugh and that is you know giving you what you need
1: i've been watching bob's burger <laughs> <laughs> have you seen
0: that show <laughs> no I can't um, it's,
1: it, it, it seems oh God, so, it's dumb. so dumb it's so dumb but I love it like it's just it's, it's been something that's just been in the background like it's just kind of on while I'm doing stuff and then I've also been watching the great Canadian baking show which I love um I'm not a big reality tv show fan but I love a good competition show uh that was like sustaining me for a while because I get very invested in it and then I was like okay I need something else now so i went back to bob's burgers like i've watched it but i've never watched it like uh chronologically so i'm at like season four now i think and then i have to find something else to watch and then obviously sex education which i've spoken about already but those have been my my go-tos but the thing is okay i watched sex education and the shit made me cry man i was like sitting there like oh, this is so sad i was like i wanted to laugh not cry but really good guys go watch it so okay. those are things i've been watching I love that. I love that. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if you, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I'm curious what you think about um, the Dave Chappelle special. If you've watched it, if you I, want an on it. I've
0: been so busy. As you know, I just got back from France. And I think it came yep. out while I was there. And I honestly haven't watched it. I've seen some of the buzz on social media, but I haven't really, I haven't really engaged with much of any of it because I just don't have mm. the bandwidth. That's
1: fair. That's very fair. I didn't watch it, but I just, I hate people.
0: Yeah, maybe next That's time. That's I'll
1: say about that. Yeah, maybe next time.
0: <laughs> Moving
1: along. I think it's time to introduce our guests, Mona.
0: I am so excited to announce our guests this week. They are super talented and amazing. We have Jabari Weeks, Tashan Tapambla, and Phil Whitmer, the co-creators of a show called Next Stop, available on CBC Gem. Next Stop is an anthology comedy series that chronicles the lives of young Black Torontonians as they confront challenges of living in a competitive, expensive, and rapidly changing city.
1: Yay! We're so excited to have them on the show. So why don't we jump right in and uh, start this conversation with them? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we have some really special guests that we just introduced, but I will let them introduce themselves.
0: I think this is the most guests we've had at one time.
1: It, oh my God, it is. It actually is. It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. It's a lot. So can you guys introduce yourselves for everybody listening?
2: Yep. Uh, I am Jabari Weeks, uh, co-creator of the Toronto, Black Toronto Anthology
3: Comedy Series Next Up, as well as writer and director. I'm Tishan Tapumba, also co-creator for Next Stop um, and also writer-director.
4: I'm Phil Whitmer, likewise co-creator of Next Stop, uh, director and uh, music score composer.
1: Yay! Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. We're so excited. Congratulations on season two it was so beautiful like just shot so well it was funny i really enjoyed it um it was also great to watch it in a theater setting which was definitely different um, than watching it just at home but yeah congratulations on everything it's it's very exciting how are you guys feeling about season two now that it's out in the world
3: tired (laughs) trying to go to bed (laughs) i just like happy happy relieved uh because you know we were post-production beating our ass yeah post-production wait can we (laughs) swear
1: yeah yeah you can swear
3: (laughs) uh like a consequence of like covid is like you get to live with the project for far way too long uh Mm -hmm. then you like um all the thoughts all the concerns just are just brewing up in your head so yeah just happy that it's out now
4: Uh, yeah yeah no it's, it's 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 been nice it's been really nice seeing all the love uh across the city too for the show people recognize certain aspects of the city people are just like laughing at the jokes and like admiring stuff it's it's good. It's, it's good to see. It's, it's, it's very gratifying.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. For audience members who aren't so familiar with the show, do you think you guys could give us a breakdown of what the show was about and how it came to fruition?
2: Yeah. Uh, so next up is a real and surreal, as we like to call it, uh, anthology comedy series that follows Black Torontonians trying to make it in and out and alive and survive uh, Toronto as a city. If you go from people just arguing over patties to having serious conversations, but also very animated conversations about rent to like all oh, we'll will last ghosts and talk about depression. So talk about a lot
3: of things. The show came to fruition I would say um, early 2016, early 2017. I know that uh, it kind of spurred from the idea that uh, Jordan and Jabari, they used to work at Vice as well as Phil. Um what <laughs> i um, And they were just talking about just like, hey, well, where's the Black content in Toronto? Um, and then Jabari and I are roommates, so he came to me as well just to be like, oh, where's... We've always talked about being in, in the film and TV industry and like, how about we start, I guess, creating something that like we can also like we we want to see uh, in terms of content that we want to create mm-hmm. um, and then I guess from there I still don't remember how
2: it came to be uh, but I mean this apartment is home to a lot of arguments for no reason so <laughs> I think we we stumbled upon the Patty thing I think it definitely came from East and west Conversations I'm originally from Scarborough Malvern. Tishan's from Flammo, so we like making fun of each other's ends and somehow that devolved into Patty's um, <laughs> and we just thought it would be a fun start uh, for an episode because uh, all of our other ideas were like too high concept and involved murder and all those things were going to (laughs) look trash. Um, So we started developing that there and then through that process we had already known Jordan but we wanted someone to act opposite him and that's how we found Vanessa because he said like oh she would be good to do it and also we were all basically out of jobs and broke so everyone had free time. Um, (laughs) So we met her and that's really what kicked it off and then during that process I had still been working with Phil. I think you can clarify the timeline. Yeah yeah
4: no we were still working together and like yeah i just kind of came on doing score but i also have like a huge interest in like filmmaking as well we talked like pretty much every day about like oh what films are we watching what cool techniques are in them so yeah i became part of it uh as well to be frank i don't think we even like not like envision this as like a series with a proper title like we're just kind of making we're just kind of making shorts uh just these little vignettes Uh, Just like, what's this idea we can do here? Okay, cool. Next idea, next idea, et cetera. And then, yeah, it really took off from there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, pretty
2: naturally. The Next Stop name came from a script Phil had uh, that we didn't ultimately end up doing. I think it would be for a more animated project. And we just liked the name Next Stop because every idea like, oh, different stop, different stories and whatever, whatnot. And that just kind of, that's the title of Next Stop.
1: Oh, that's
4: cool. I didn't know that's how the title came to be. No, yeah, no, I I came up with this like action, like literally an anime, which i I will eventually do at one point in the future, once you know we all have enough more clout to do that. But <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is how can, You know, it's ubiquitous. I know like many people writing about it talk about like the TPC voices, and that's like mm-hmm. yeah, that's absolutely what we will.
1: Well, on that note of, of kind of the vignettes you guys did for season one, I feel like everything evolved for season two. When when I when you watch it and just the production level, everything just got bigger. So, what were some of the key differences for you guys moving from season one to season two, and what were some of the things you learned from that process?
3: Um, I think I'll just, I'll say one main thing, and then I'll let Jabari take over. It's mainly um, so season one was self financed. Um, yes, it was. It was no. very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> It was a proof of concept uh, where we just wanted to like find our voice in filmmaking and TV uh, and just like find what we prefer uh, when we are trying to like write content and storytelling. Um, and then I'll say for season two, obviously, the main difference is now that like, CBC came on board and now it wasn't uh, coming out of our own pockets. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Uh, um, I would say beyond that, definitely uh, not having to
2: put our own money on the board um, and stress mm-hmm. over that. I think one of the big things was also going from a small team to a bigger team. I think both have their advantages and disadvantages. I think we're so used to, you know, having our very skeleton crew of season one. So when we had to get like, oh, we have associate producers, ADs, what are these things? Um, It was getting locked in. To figure out how we could communicate with everybody uh, in a way that we felt like made sense. Because usually it's just like, yeah, we'll just text you or just walk over to you. But the demands of timing and what needs to be shot, you're just like, okay, I need to talk to the person who needs to talk to the person and talk to this person. And just making sure we're trying our best to keep everyone taken care of and not look like assholes because... We're not used to dealing with anything beyond like twenty people max, so I would say that's a big jump. And obviously, as evidence in the series, just colors. I guess we're just gonna like this wild, wild out <laughs> this shit. Just like there <laughs> are blues, greens, and purples. Um,
4: Multiple locations.
2: Yes, that would be also. Awesome. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel you can definitely span up. Yeah, it. yeah, no.
4: I mean, it's just like yeah, no. Like as we've been kind of alluding to here, like we're experienced storytellers. This is our first time, kind of like going into like narrative filmmaking, whether for web series for cinema or tv whatever so just like oh going from us kind of wearing a bunch of hats on the production like i think if you um uh look in duffy uh episode three of season one i, I think i'm one of the stages of the ghost even though uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <building saving> money.
4: <laughs> so like whereas like that was important was just like oh here's a dedicated person for each thing and also we can, we can just kind of ask for things now um, it's like, can we go here? Just like, yeah, we can totally go a place that's, you know, not your apartment or not like a random like street corner. So it's just like, oh, okay, this is going to take some getting used to. And yeah, and to Javari's point, it's a thing of just like making sure like, oh, how far can we go? How far should we go? Given that we're still working on our, on our base storytelling and our base like skills as like directors and writers. Really interesting challenge.
1: Really, really, really learned a lot. I think you guys did a really good job though. Like even on when i i got to be on set for the show when they were when they were working on it and you guys just had a really good energy
3: even overnight <laughs> <lines>, thank you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: oh, so nature oh, <laughs> but you guys did a really good job of just keeping the energy high and you guys did a good job of leading everybody and just being it was just it was really nice to, to witness and to be to be a part of in some capacity it was a very inspiring group of people that were together to create the show and i think it really translated on screen again congratulations you guys are just doing so many great things. Thank you. Thank you for tolerating us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that's so immediately apparent about the show is how authentically Toronto and Scarborough it is. It's so specific to our culture and it's so intentionally not trying to explain itself. And I think we're both really curious about that choice So my question is, what does authenticity mean to you, and how did it factor into the development of the show and the execution?
2: Um, No, it's a great question. Thank you. I think authenticity to me, I I feel like the 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 term changes has changed a lot for me. Or is just like I think it's very much leading with specificity, talking because I mean it's beyond just your own experience once you decide to put it in front of a camera. So trying to talk to as many people that you're like, oh, I feel this is how things go, but let me gut check it with, you know, some of the Gen Z, some of the rap scene, some of the ballroom scene. And I think that's still it. Definitely always specificity, talking to the people in the community, but also still having to take that risk of like, this is still how I'm perceiving things. This is still how this character is perceiving things and being open to those criticisms. Um, And in terms of explaining, I mean, yeah, just from the jump. I mean, one of our big kind of inspirations for the show is um, Aki and selfish and the director uh, Cecilia mecke she's very much on record just going like i really just make stories that i want to make and with specific references and notes and jokes that i think are funny the people in my group uh we think are funny and we've adopted that ethos going into even the first episode every episode we're just like okay we never want to be in the position where you're watching you know you watch a show it has black leads but they're explaining things you would just generally understand it's like oh why are we spending five minutes describing why i don't know like an afro pick has a black fist on it just like you don't who's that for that that can't be for black people so thing for us is just like okay if we're approaching the show we are writing it it is from and for black people and anyone else whether there's some universal things that accidentally happen to take place everyone else is a bonus but it's just like who are the people we want this show to be for it's black torontonians and obviously as the the season uh, goes on it's like okay now we're touching different types of black torontonians so some people from other episodes may not even get this but it's always for who it's supposed to be for and who's being put in front of the camera
0: i have another question i'm so curious about how people outside of these communities have connected with the project as well have like black people from Winnipeg been like yo <laughs> I feel this you know Or has have there been any surprising connections I would
3: say at the moment Ari, obviously you know the show is geolocked on CBC Jam um, but, <laughs> <free us. laughs> <laughs> but I would say like I, I have a couple friends um, in Alberta and they've been watching the show and just been like oh my god it's so funny that I can relate to some of these episodes um, and they are far removed from the Toronto experience. So it's showing that even like our content can travel outside of Ontario and like be viewed Canada-wide. But even more so on social media, the fact that like we've had people from the UK or the US being like, oh, this is very interesting. Where can I watch it? There's a relatability or just um, an interest uh, that's, coming in from like um, other audiences that are not Canadian.
1: And I feel like we did a semi good job there as well. I think it's funny because a lot of of people say, you brought up the UK, like a lot of people say that they they parallel Toronto with America. And I feel like the UK in particular has a lot more similarities to Toronto than than most cities in America. Not sucks, but it kind of sucks that it's not easier for people to access the show in places like the UK because I feel like you get so much. The reception would be really, really strong out there for them to watch the show just because of all the Caribbean similarities that we have there culturally. Um, so I'm excited for when that time comes. It's going to yes. come yes. soon.
4: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully like being yeah. the, the goal is always universality through specificity, um, uh, even whether that's a yep. culture or you, the person. Um, uh, so hopefully by combining right. both in this, like sometimes like whoever is writing the episode or directing it puts their um, uh, piece themselves in it but also is kind of merged with whatever specific cross-section we've got of the city going on that episode. Hopefully it, you know, like it's, it's interesting to see what kind, what kind of targets it hits and in what ways it resonates.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I also wanted to ask you, I know that it was your first time directing in um, season two. So what was that like?
4: Oh, my God. Uh, OK, so this is my first time solo directing. I directed the second episode of the season, uh, Radius. Yes. So we I we because we had some difficulties, we had a COVID scare. I ended up getting the first day of shooting essentially. That was a lot of fun, kind of, because it was basically, uh, in the episode it follows, two, uh, young women as they talk about their dating experiences, and it's mostly in a bus terminal, uh, the, uh, recently dearly departed, uh, Toronto coach terminal. The first day was just shooting the two of them, just talking for the whole day, and that was extremely convenient, (laughs) because it's just like, okay... Let me just direct these actors, and it was and it was and it was a lot of uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. The both of them really, 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 really killed it. We also had a couple of people acting for the first time, and they got the tone of it, which is like made my job easier for sure. And specifically, I would say it was like kind of uh, juggling the kind of like this determining whether I like more, am I better, dur- do I prefer directing someone how to say something or, like, where to move around, which is more the second day, all the flashback sequences that happen in that episode. And I would say I ended up having, like, kind of some fun that I didn't think I would have doing that one, being like, okay, now you go there, you walk up to there, we're going to move the camera this way. It was sometimes, like, really, like, high-flying, like, we are just like, okay, we have to get all these shots done quickly, and we and we really just need to be like, okay, two takes go, two takes go, two takes go. But you learn, but you learn stuff about yourself, and you kind of be like, oh, I kind of like doing it like on the edge, like this, essentially just like by more of the seat of your pants, like many things, <laughs> learning experience. I would, I would gladly do it again.
1: <sighs> Good. Yeah. I really liked that episode. I thought it was really funny. It was very relatable and I was well cast, I think too. I, I really liked all the, the cast numbers you guys picked for that episode. It was very, very well done. Jabari and Tishan, I know you both write, direct and produce, and I feel like those are three very big jobs. They all are very different, but I'd love to hear how each of those roles inform you guys as creatives. And if you had to pick which one, what
2: you picked i mean it was definitely by necessity
4: <laughs> we're still wearing a couple more hats than, than um, uh, before.
2: i think it's i think it's an interesting way because it, it encourages you to i guess look at a script in almost three different ways right so it's just like okay when you write it you know it's the kind of basic oh in isolation writing a story trying to get the shit off and then when you put on your directing hat um it's like okay well how do i envision some of these scenes so some of that's already happening naturally in the writing but you're like oh is this long is wide and then the realities of the day hit you where you're just like okay we're only gonna get maybe what like 10 to 15 setups Mm -hmm. so i need to cut this very quickly Mm -hmm. and then you start cutting down some of the lines and then as a producer it's almost like the final realm where you're just like okay what do we actually have money for how long will we actually have the location to shoot some of this scene for Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a weird, uh, like, back and forth. I would say, like, you you start as a writer, then you end it as a producer, and then you start working back into writing because now you have to cut out some of those scenes, some of those lines that you feel are unnecessary or is just not realistic for the budget. Then you go back into directing mode in mm-hmm. terms of visually how you want this to look with the budget constraints you have. And then back to the producer again, like, all right. Uh, so we have all of this locked down. How are we going to yeah. pay people for lunch <laughs> so they don't kill us?
4: I would yeah. also say you go back to writing again in editing.
2: But did you pick one though? you didn't pick one yeah i don't know no. i i would still it's i would always say i would always say writer first and foremost but i think probably as we go along and mm-hmm. you how this industry is changing i would probably now more lean a bit more director just because you seem to have a little bit more autonomy in terms of film and the way tv and streaming is going yeah um, but definitely on hard it's always a writer like the ideas
3: are what are the most exciting part first mm-hmm. yeah definitely I, I think i mean yeah. i set you up because i'm going to pop out and be like no I want all three roles I can't pick one yes. <laughs> but I would say at the basis of it all it's just the writing uh just because that's where obviously the visuals are beautiful but um Please I think swagger jack my answer I did I did uh <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's just something nice about like creating the characters from uh, from scratch, and then just like finding the world within the dialogue, um, and I guess the descriptions as well. In season two, there's uh, two instances of that where like for Pepper, um, I wrote and directed that one, and then for Aftermath, I wrote it, but um, Alicia Kate Harris. Uh, who directed two episodes, um, came in and she did, um, she directed Aftermath. So it's just, it's very interesting because I'm like, I I appreciate how Aftermath looks like, but yeah, no, I'm just like, I wrote that, so yes, I'm I'm happy that that that's how it looks. But in terms of Pepper, I'm like, oh, that was me both writing and directing.
1: But it's fun to do them all, I think.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, with, I'm with it all. I'm with it all.
1: Yeah. It's a nice process. I like how you broke it down, um, Jabari, the different like jumping back and forth. It's very accurate.
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about one of my favorite episodes, which is season one, episode three, Deppy. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious about what inspired that episode, especially because we've been having so many conversations about mental health, specifically yeah. in the Black community, how we deal with it or don't deal with it and i feel like although that episode was so funny and silly it dealt it deals with something that i feel like all of us can connect to which is struggling and not necessarily mm-hmm. calling a thing a thing. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, no, I
2: completely I completely get it. I think it was a mix of both. Um, I mean, much like, you know, I guess it's become a personality characteristic in Toronto, but you know, once November hits, uh, seasonal affective disorder beats my ass like nobody's business. During that time, I definitely recall just, I don't remember what happened. Uh, I just remember it being really quiet in my apartment. I think Tashaun was probably out. And I just kind of felt lonely and there was no shows to even like organize or like distract me. Um, um, and I'm like, oh, OK, I guess I'm going through this usual seasonal annual. I mean, it's an all year thing, but specifically during that season. And then um, on top of that, we used to, well, not used to, we have this really creaky door um, and it makes like a really loud wailing sound, especially during uh, the winter. Um, and so a lot of people used to come in and they're going like, oh, what is that? And then like, we just make the joke. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's just our duppy. Like, we're just living with it. And people just like, look at us weird. They're going like, that's that's not OK. Or like, yeah, no, it is. You know, it's, it's It understands us we give it the space and then somewhere in between that um I thought it would just be at first kind of like a fun idea I'm like oh I want to write a story about the duppy that haunts our apartment and then it kind of graduated because I was writing I think during the winter I'm like oh well what if this, where does this uh, Duffy come from? Like, oh, maybe it's just kind of me being depressed, really, really depressed in that moment. Um, and that's kind of what kicked that off. And then it was just like, okay, well, how do I tell this story? Because um, obviously it's going to be silly, but then like I don't want to trivialize like obviously what depression is. So I think that was kind of the balancing act. But yeah, that was, that's basically the, the origin of that story. It was pretty chaotic and all over the place.
0: I love that though. So grounded in reality. and. Yeah. I think it's important that we're, that we are able to find some humor in, yes. in our challenges.
2: No, Deshaun's favorite word, laugh wow. at our pain. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always use the phrase, if I'm not laughing, I'm crying. <laughs> hey. Listen. I was,
1: <laughs> so I wanted to talk about my favorite episode from season two, Aftermath. I really loved it. It was so, I think Alicia did an amazing job, like bringing that episode to life. But can you just explain a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to write this episode and and just watching it go from paper to screen what that was like
3: yeah i think the inspiration for that um like i've always been um interested in the folk scene um i've attended some balls um in toronto but there was this youtube channel called ballroom throwbacks um and Ooh. they have been on youtube i would say since the early 2000s and they just follow different balls that are happening um as they travel in in the east coast of america like new york new jersey just yeah like Chicago, yeah. Um, But something that they do really um, interesting uh, was that after the ball, a person with the camera would just be outside the the venue and then just follow the crowds as they're talking about what happened at the ball or just like talking about like, oh, I'm gonna get you next week or, you know, just following up with what just happened uh, in the ball. I was like, oh, why don't we try doing that for this season, but just follow, you know, COVID. So we have to just follow four people though. Going through that conversation um, of like, each of them just experienced something at this ball, but now they're just like expressing it out with their family. Because mm-hmm. um, I think something that's very interesting with um, Ballroom Throwbacks and just like how uh, they set this up is that it can sometimes get personal uh, because there's sometimes, there's no filter and they're just expressing mm-hmm. themselves. Um, and I think I just wanted. to, to put that into aftermath and mm. i think that was the inspiration and then in terms of like Alicia coming into direct i think she had a great eye so in terms of like where it's at um in christy Pitts um at the, the bleachers i was like that's such a nice setup for that and i i just, I just feel like she actually did a really great job there was a great care with the episode that i really loved mm-hmm. um that she gave to the characters as well
1: yeah it was really good it's very good i loved and it and i
3: think uh we were talking about laugh at our own pains and i'm like oh Pretty much the dialogue is just them laughing at their own pain, like, oh, what do you mean you're happy that you've been dating somebody just for six months and that's your longest relationship? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's something sad about that, but it's also Mm -hmm. funny and it's also very Toronto. Who really is dating out here? So, yes.
0: (laughs) Dating in Toronto. It's so funny how you guys sort of tapped in right into, like the most quintessential I'm sick of Toronto conversations like dating in Toronto is trash, which subway station has the best patties rent, everything.
2: Yeah, No, I mean, that comes from, I mean, we, we are unfortunately actually from Toronto. so <laughs> I, I think a lot of those stories do come from, again, I think something that we kind of overrate or we're starting to get used to is just like, yeah, a lot of the common conversation we have between us and between friends, they're a bit bigger. Um, uh, then we, we I think kind of take for granted so when a lot of people are just like like we obviously know dating is always going to be a big issue uh, in Toronto but in terms of like the specificity of like how you're going to try and get out of that and like going across the border it's like oh yeah, no, that's silly. Like just something only our chaotic friends do and then people DM us. are going like, yeah, no, I did. It's, it's really that wild. I am actually going to hop on a flight uh, to see if I can catch myself a nice Miami man and never come back home. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I
0: was about to say, are you saying I'm chaotic? I think we're all,
2: listen, I am chaotic, so I look at like that as a compliment.
0: I was going to say, it's very clear that you guys make a point of not sort of telling stories mm-hmm. about black trauma or telling stories through the lens of like white supremacy or whatever it's sort of like black people just living their lives and dealing with challenges and so i'm curious about how you decide on each topic for each episode and like what inspires you to tackle certain issues or certain conversations
4: that kind of comes from the ether basically like convert like conversations anecdotes tweets and then those kind of just like spin off into their own like little topics because Everything is a reflection of something bigger. That's how I That's
2: how I see it. Yeah, no, I definitely had to launch off of that. I definitely, like, I think it always starts as a conversation. Like, in a room, whether it was for season one or even season two, with a little bit of a bigger team, we're always just kind of talking about, like, what are the things that we saw? What are we laughing at? What did we think was, like, really stupid? And then I think... Going into this season was a little bit weird because I think conversations are always a basis for a lot of our stories. Just like somebody will give us a weird anecdote or will experience something, and because of COVID, that dramatically cut everything down. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely, especially for season two, we're going. Like, okay, what are kind of the tent poles, for lack of a better term, of like Toronto? Um, so it's obviously it's always going to be dating. Uh, it's always going to be Mandem and their struggle, rap career. <laughs> um, it's always going to be food, and then we have mm-hmm. rent. And it's like, okay, we have these general topics. What are ways we can specifically tackle them or what are like the left turns we can make to have this feel special and not feel like, you know, when you read something like, oh, these people just read a Twitter timeline for two hours and decided to like copy and paste it into a, into a script. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of morphed from there. So it went from kind of like, Oh, you know, niggas is black and broke. Um, and then I think as we started putting in more stories and like, again, Pepper, it's it's really just a conversation about obviously restaurants getting pushed out mm-hmm. and COVID. But then we add like, OK, well, let's talk about it through like the African diasporic lens. Let's talk about gentrification in food that gives all of it kind of like the actual spice. No oh pun intended. That makes the the episode, like, really feel special. And, yeah, no, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, for good and bad, um, I mean, a lot of those chaotic moments in those episodes are definitely, like, from conversations and our life. (laughs) Um, So uh, we just kind of hide them in there, you know, subtweet, the people who they're about, um, who won't say anything. Um, And then, yeah, we just really just package it out. And I think as the process went on, the season became more about like, okay, what are the different types of Black Toronto? How do these different sectors, because obviously we're not a monolith, interact with each other or don't interact with each other? Um, I think Tashaun can speak to it a lot more, but like, We always have that conversation about, like, okay, well, we're going to have an episode here just because, I mean, really, someone's going to ask us first, so let's do it. So, like, okay, Brightas, what is that audience? What are those type of stories, and how is it going to engage with, like, again, like, we also have this really beautiful queer story in terms of aftermath. And just, like, those communities are not touching each other um, in real life. So, just, like, how does that work in anthology?
3: And it's like, yeah, we're still first gen, so we still have our issues that are you know, we have in our trauma. Our homophobia, um, crazy. Yeah. But you know, we try to like, you know, try. I don't want to say look at the bright side, but you know, the two crowds don't mix. But we try yeah. to like show that at least. Yeah. And we're just
2: in a weird position, I guess, for us personally. We're just like we like to navigate in between uh, different communities because that's we just like talking to people, and then we just kind of become a part of a thing. And we're like, yeah, these stories are all special, so no one is more important than the other. Yeah,
1: I think that's very. That's very. Toronto like having these different although the communities don't necessarily mix like a lot of people can be a part of different friend groups Mm -hmm. you know like maybe you have some friends and you know like I have a bunch of aspiring rapper friends I also have a bunch of like queer friends like Mm -hmm. and it's not uncommon for us to kind of move through those spaces even if those groups separately don't mingle there might be people that serve as that bridge between them you know what I mean which I think this, this season reflected really well the different types of communities that exist in the city one of the reasons that I'm such a big fan of the show is that I grew up downtown right so some of the things that are discussed in the show I might not completely relate to but I know that it's a very Toronto experience and that experience needs to be told that Mm -hmm. light needs to be shed on that type that this version of and this existence in Toronto you know and we just we have so many different kinds of people that live here so many different kinds of communities that exist together that it's very important for us to create space for us to tell our stories as different and similar as they are you know yeah that's
2: a beautiful way to say it because yeah it it is something we have a in our personal life we don't have a conflict about it but obviously as we're always thinking about like hey, what are the stories you want to tell next you know like mm-hmm. is it chaos is it peace yeah. is it more you know again like uh, telling stories with an LGbtq plus community or is it going to be like i guess more straight leaning and just like what what do people expect from you now that they've gotten a bunch of stories from you and like how do you navigate those stories while also being true to yourself mm-hmm. and just wondering like oh do these things mix and sometimes you're like don't care um but then you try and be responsible about the audiences because you never want a situation where you're putting somebody else in
3: harm uh, in harm's way so we're just like oh we're like journalists by trade all uh me no, too. no, don't put that on me. I
1: don't take
3: that degree. We're very curious and like we like to see what's going on in different pockets of Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, now that I'm curious, uh, now that I've seen all of these. um Movements that are happening. What can I do here uh, that is still very authentic to me, uh, mm-hmm. but also like I would love to like get this story out there uh, as well. Yeah, as-
4: at the same time, not make it like anthropology. Just be like, this is about this scene. Like, aftermath is not about the ballroom <laughs> scene. Brightness is not about world of unsigned rappers. Like, yes, conclusively, every single person in this scene behaves this way. No, this is. I generally feel we're in our in our own very uh, odd, sometimes cynical way. Very humanist with uh with the characters are very 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 specific being, you know, kind of amalgams of people we know, people we've imagined. By factor of what the characters want, it speaks to larger things that motivate that scene, whether socially, economically, politically even. We're giving you Toronto through like microscopic points. And then hopefully they all each say something together, essentially.
1: yeah, I like that. Well, on the note of of all the different episodes and themes and groups that you guys have explored through the show, can you guys each pick your favorite episode? Do you have one? Is that fair to ask? I don't know. But I do want to know if you have, if you guys each have a favorite episode. Season one or season season two. Oh,
2: from season one to season two. I think for me, my favorite episode will always be probably Mosquito, to be honest. Um, yeah. I just like, and it's something I, I think we'll, we'd want to, we'll probably do it more on the side. Obviously, mm-hmm. as this gets a bit bigger, like it's hard to say like, yeah, just let's sit on a person for like, I just hear them talk uh, with money and budget behind you you do feel like, okay, we need to go for something bigger. Um, but I just like how that episode kind of unfurls. Like, it's just Vanessa being Vanessa, stars, Um, and just kind of like going on a spiel about like this story, about like this mosquito, but it's really about kind of dating, but also the weird kind of interracial dynamics uh, that happen um, in the city between Black men and Black women and white men and white women. And it just, it gets in, gets out, you have your laugh, and then we just kind of sit in there um, and then we just move on. But yeah, that would definitely probably be my favorite.
3: Um, I, my favorite is Brighters.
4: What? Yes. <laughs> um, my favorite I, is also Brighters, for the record. <laughs>
3: from the first moment I saw, even like a direct, um, like a director's cut, I was just like, there's just something beautifully uh, there that we were able to uh, capture in terms of dialogue and just in terms of um, shot composition. Um, and hey, there's mess as well. So I'm there for the, that's um, your favorite of one and two. <laughs> Um, yes. You know, I'm trying to promote season two.
4: Right, it was great. I liked it from the script. it was like, this is the great Toronto rap epic here. And I'm just like, this is, I'm, this, that was when I, I read that, like, obviously I'm always been proud of the show, but I'm reading the script and then even seeing it as King Sean, i just like... Oh, I can't believe we're making this. Like I truly can, like this did not exist <laughs> before. i'm i'm the I'm the drink in front of the ACC like video, just like, yeah, I don't know. it's it is very fun. It uh, tackles a world and topic with not a lot of seriousness, but also a lot of seriousness. we only realize the seriousness when it's done. Uh, mm-hmm. You're laughing the whole time. You're laughing at how ridiculous it is. And then once it's done, you're just like, wait, what did I just watch? Which is, <laughs> you know, exactly the kind of feeling I I like getting from art uh, in general. And I hope that other people enjoy that as well. Okay. But beyond that, like season one and season two, like favorite episodes of all. Um, season one? I don't know. I like I like Duffy. It was fun for me. I I, I loved. Yeah, you had a blast on that one. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the score for that one. And I enjoy very fanciful theatrical things so that one again i the same reason as bright as i'm just like oh this exists now and this exists with the other thing that we've mm-hmm. made we're all part of the same project that's that's really cool
3: and those are very feel heavy uh, score episodes as well uh, listen and- i'm
4: not biased i would have said that radius was my fave i just oh. i <laughs> like working with string quartets as well as like doing like oh the music has to carry everything because it's just narration and then I, just, I have to follow the narration and follow that. We have to do like, what's it, the old school style, like Mickey Mouse and do a cue, like when an action happens or something. So that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. That's part of it, but not the only reason. I, I like the Superdome. <laughs> so
0: yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm wondering, what advice would you guys give to up and coming directors, writers, filmmakers about creating their own project? Don't
4: feel like you have to fit in. Oh yeah, damn. Oh, yeah. the so. Okay. <laughs> Don't 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 calculate. Mm-hmm. No, don't calculate. Because if you calculate, people will know you calculated. Obviously, be smart with like marketing and whatnot. But don't please do not like put your your thing to 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 like to like a peg. Don't be like, oh, this thing is in the in the news or this topic is there. Let me do something off this so that it gets like some like retweets and YouTubes. And I go mean. viral, just like. That's what everyone wants, but I don't think it will last if you do that. It's it's corny advice, but just kind of come down to just kind of really just be honest and um, uh, do what you are you feel like you're doing, and absolutely put your whole self into it. And I think it will resonate.
2: I would build on that to say, I I mean, to be blunt, I still think, and obviously we're very appreciative of everything that has happened with Next Stop, but I think also in light of the tension it's also been getting, it shows that we're still in a space where there are not a lot of Black and POC creators. Yeah. So... I mean, I do. And obviously I want to say like be responsible at this because yes. I enjoy chaos, but not everyone needs to. I do think whatever you can do with whatever you can like financially allow, whether yeah. it's like a smartphone or if you can actually rent some camera gear, if you know some people, I mean people are already doing mm-hmm. it anyways with TikTok and all these phones are beautiful. Try your best. Cause that is really what next stop is just like whatever means you have to even shoot like one to two minutes of something that you think you might like. I think it's a really great exercise in terms of like, okay, if I only have between mm. one to two minutes or five minutes max to say what I want to say, what is it? Cause you'll learn very quickly what it is, but also it's proof of concept. A lot of things that, I mean, I, I can say it confidently, actually, a lot of things we got away with and I do use the word got away with yeah. because if Um, because a lot of this shit is wild um, and how we talk and how the dialogue unfurls if we did not have a proof of concept I don't think a lot of these scripts would have made it to be honest like if we presented next stop season one or season two without any reference of any sort people would be like oh well why don't you explain this why don't you explain this and I do think what really really helped us is that again don't have yourselves go broke like we did uh, but definitely allocate whatever you can to just film the thing you want to do just so people can see it. And I think even releasing it um, and just seeing, because I mean, that's what it is, right? It's traffic. It's seeing how people engage with it. So people are just like, oh, this is working. Oh, I can see what you guys are trying to do. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, okay, well now when we work with you, we're not going to try and fuck up that formula because we came in for a reason. Hopefully that would be the case. So yeah. Mm. Whatever you can do feasibly to get your creative work out and just have a proof of concept for yourself but also for other people as well.
0: That's really great advice. It is.
2: Cuz I don't know how we would have Yeah, cuz I'm like can you imagine feel like if we like gave the script to duppy and oh, we no, had never oh made God. it like just like people like what the fuck like That
4: would I would have a ride. That would have been a ride.
2: Like <laughs> even once, I mean yeah like I remember talking to just about this, because I'm like, what were you even thinking when I gave you that Duffy script? So and like, I don't know, it's just like, but I think,
3: listen,
2: yeah we, we, yeah, we might work. So I think, yeah, just having having proof of concept, whatever you can do to get proof of concept, um, with whatever money you have.
4: Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever means you have, and like, and yeah, start small, but don't, say, but don't say, I don't want to say start small and limit yourself. Like, start small and put your voice in there uh, as much as you can, and then be like. Hey, so I have the specific vision for how I'm doing things, and then you're basically being like, what do people think? What do people I don't know think? Essentially, and then just like, yeah, as Jabari said, proof of concept with your with your with your early works. Don't try to like make your masterpiece right out the gate. That's just you won't be ready for it yet. Uh, I, I would say because.
3: Yeah. <laughs> also, just consistency. I think uh, make sure that yes. people know that, like, oh, there's something com- uh, always coming out from you creatively. Uh, it could be as minimum as like, two posts a year that's dedicated to that art. Um, I think that's something that we even mentioned it in, uh, in the pool episode, in uh, the oh, car yeah. pool episode. Just like, yeah, mm-hmm. being consistent and just making sure that people know that um, you are active in the creative scene.
4: I mm. yeah I, I mean i mean we, we we did that like in between our two seasons of next stop we have the um uh Wetibari eloquently named the uh, 916 energy like duology of those two shorts that are on our our our, our youtube channel and those kind of like you know keep the, the the energy going as well as just be like oh we we're still around and just like kind of ways to you know give you some snacks in between like the big meals that are like each season of next stop
1: so, kind of in line with that, our last question before we get to the fun would you rather section. Oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want the legacy of this show to be? And you know, I know you guys have done a lot for the community with this show and have, you know, highlighted a lot of different stories and communities through it. What is the responsibility you feel to the community and, and how does that tie into the legacy that you want to create with this show? God
3: damn. No. I know, right? No. So I go first. Okay. Um sure. I think um That's something we've had conversations about, just being like, just feeling that responsibility while also trying to honor you as like myself, Jabari, Phil, uh, Sajay, uh, just all of the actors, just like trying to honor that you are still very much an up and coming creative filmmaker and you are still trying to find your voice and trying to find the type of content that you want to create. But I would say um, if I was to like pinpoint a legacy or just something that I like hope the show has proven or shown is that there's different pockets uh where people can create content like we would hope that some of the episodes are springboards for an idea that you had and you're like oh i didn't even have an example for it but here here goes pepper here goes brightness here goes aftermath but yes once again I, I feel like it sucks to have that responsibility and i think that's a conversation to have about the whole show in general but if there was one it's like okay well this has been created um and,
4: For me personally, thinking about the broader scope impact of thing is, I mean, it it kind of makes drives me insane to think about like all that so it is just kind of like for us uh the legacy hopefully like this extremely good start that opened the door for um uh us to do lots of other things and other media with other stories maybe lots in toronto maybe not in toronto who knows but yeah i mean if we are first that i think that's that's frankly legacy enough for me that's big if people are people are like name dropping us like 10 years later just like yeah i saw what next stop was doing and it let me know like oh i can tell stories like this in the city on the scale i'm just like that's enough that 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 is really good for me. Like I, that's that's enough to you know really 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 make it worth it, and it, it already was worth it. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think my question would probably end up kind of reflecting what was already said, but yeah, I think as far as the responsibility of the show, I think kind of Phil touched on in terms of, like, the creation of things, like, make the thing for yourself, and then you can think about once it's done, once it's fully conceived, Mm -hmm. okay, how you're going to market it. I think in the same way, our responsibility is to first honor our interests and the stories we want to tell, whether again, it's just, I mean, again, yeah, whether it's a ghost story, whether it's about beef, whether it's about the ballroom community, it's always about like okay what are the stories we want to tell first now that we feel we have it all together we step back and we say do we feel we have accurately told the way we've seen the different types of Torontos and if we all feel we're hundred percent on it then it's just like that's what it's going to be and I think as far as where that goes how that lands the impact it's just I mean we're still trying to figure it out ourselves but I think the most important part is and again I think Tashaun noted this as well it's just like there's a blueprint out there like you know Lord knows it will not be us uh, but if somebody decides they want to do a talk boy they can stealth it through saying like oh well yeah bright was on cbc if somebody wants to say like hey i want to do like a high concept dating story now you have radius mm-hmm. ghost story w, just people talking seinfeld like you have fool and beef and i think what that does is again creates this idea that we have a community of people coming in it's easier to pitch coming after us versus before us um so it's not it's not cause for celebration in terms of like oh there's a new black toronto show it's just like oh dope." there's another one i hope it's good but hey leaving some room where hair you can say like this one's trash but you know you have another one uh, on the way as well
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then, yeah, that just ties into legacy as well like we just want to create great art great stories and again first and foremost for ourselves and then put on the people who we love and respect and then again it have a ripple effect so we have a space where people look at this five ten years from now and are like okay we finally have black Toronto content and we don't have to like get it secondhand from the UK with British accents mm-hmm. I think if if we've done that, I have no complaints to be honest.
1: Wow, like, I love that. They said a lot of really well put answers there. Um, a lot to pull from, and I hope that I think it's really true that it will help a lot of people to pitch things moving forward mm-hmm. because it's there. There is a template now, and I should be very proud of all the things you've done. So thank,
0: thank you, you, thank you, um, Muna. Are you ready to do these? Uh, would you rathers Let's get into this. Would you rather have chapped lips that never heal or terrible dandruff that can't be treated?
2: Terrible dandruff. Really? I can hide that under a uh, hat. Yeah, terrible dandruff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not hide that crazy. Yes. <laughs>
0: Chat lives and never heals. I'll
1: shave.
2: I don't care. I'll shave. <laughs> I don't know. Like, That's crazy. I,
1: <laughs> I didn't think about it with the hat. I thought that would be way harder. So
2: a bonnet or a durag. rag you're just gonna like listen, this is never coming off. <laughs> you can't hide it. You see so much dry lips and you're like damn. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Okay. Would you rather have to move cities every year and never return, or never be able to leave the city you were born in? Uh,
3: leave city and never return.
1: Yeah?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you answer that quickly, but then if you have no home base, what does that look like?
4: Yeah. Yeah, what happens to your friend group? That's like what's like getting me right now. Yeah. That's you you, you changes every year, once a year, you got to FaceTime them. I guess it depends where I'm living like Yeah. Let's assume it's your choice and you can afford to live anywhere. I mean, we can do
2: like That's so for like the first answer, but now I'm like no, that's like cuz then you're just going to start
3: floating like but you can never leave though. So you can never leave
4: what does never leave kidding? mean? Like, can you not live anywhere or can you still travel? You can't,
1: like, you can't, you can't dip. Like, you, you're you there. Like, that's where you no. are. You can't you're leave. There? Yeah, you're there. No, like, you're there. God. You're going to You're gonna die there. There forever. You're going to die
4: there. That's where you're going to yeah, die. Yeah, you're,
1: yeah. <laughs> got morbid. But yes, you won't ever, you can't
4: leave the city. You were born here and you're to may, stay here. I think I might, I might, I think I might go with that. Yeah, I think I might go with that. Yeah, I might
2: stay, honestly. Like, as much as I'm like, damn, I can't go anywhere. But like, realistically, like Unless you're balling, like you're staying in the same place for a ridiculous amount of time, anyways, why lie? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I here. I'm. Yeah.
2: No, I would, I would, I would definitely need something to center. So yeah, I, I guess yeah, I'll self-imposed prison. <laughs>
0: Self- take the out. Prison. Take the so Funny. Take the out. I really think that I would, I would choose the moving one. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I love Toronto, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: love Toronto, but that's the thing. I'm not even thinking about to- I'm just thinking as a concept. I'm just like, you're going from one country to the next or one city, and you're just like. What if
4: you're not changing countries, though? What if you're going from like Toronto to like.
3: Brampton to Mississauga? Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, here you go. <laughs> the friend groups just have to figure out how to drive and how to navigate the GO train. I mean, you're going to be really lonely. we are going to be taking in all those new spaces, and eventually you're going to be like, damn. Yeah, I know that is
2: it. Just me and the spa.
1: <laughs> I think I'd stay. I think, I don't know, because then also my family. Well, I guess people could come to me. That's kind of a hard one, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I... Th- <sighs> I'm I'm such a hermit. I probably end up staying home. That's
3: really difficult. I've never world, though. Know, but to right? never see the world, I know, right? you're not the world
1: now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, wait. So what did everybody pick? What did everybody pick?
3: Uh, the second one, unfortunately. I'm, I'm staying. you're
1: staying. Yeah, you're moving. Uh, I'm moving. Luna, you're moving too, right? I'm moving. Yeah, moving. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I think I'm. You know what? I'm gonna be. I'm I'm gonna move. I'm I'm moving. I'm moving. Okay, I'm moving I, I, know, I know, I know, Every I know, I know I know, okay, we're we'll gonna go next one.
0: would you rather win fifty thousand dollars or let your best friend win a hundred thousand dollars and oh, maybe damn. hope that they're generous fifty
4: thousand no, give me the fifty thousand, I'm not no no, no. We, does no, the no. friend 50, does the friend know Good. that you have this choice? No no, they don't, okay, they don't um no, I'm not no. Absolutely not. <laughs>
2: nah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not nah, allocating nah, nah. like my financial assets, and they just be like spend 100k. You're
4: fine with 50k. 50k is fine. I'm not. I don't want to become that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with 50k. That's that's really cool, good. Like I'm <laughs> a
3: stretch a 50k. I'm like the most I'm gonna get okay. if my friend gets it is like a dinner ad. <laughs> yeah <Yorga. laughs>
1: Well maybe if they knew about it they'd split it with you. Like I see But also they wouldn't no they'd give it to family first. that's true. Which, like yeah, you wouldn't no, be mad at them. The, I don't I feel like I feel like if my friend was like, yo, like I can either get fifty K for myself or you can or I can give you hundred K, but like will you still give me fifty K? I'd do that. I'd be like, Yeah, sure. Then we both oh, have fifty yeah, K. You know, oh,
0: like then,
2: yeah. if you can do that, then yeah, it's... like
0: that'd fabulous. No, but I'm saying you can't do that. You're you <laughs> um, are
1: <man>.
3: running. <laughs> <laughs> I said no.
0: <laughs> your friend has your back. Okay.
3: No, I,
1: I'm, no, I'm no, gonna no. take the 50k too. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Like which? I'm trying to think of a friend that would do that. None of my friends. I don't trust do nobody
2: enough here. when it comes to that. None of my friends oh, would do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm gonna say that. Yeah.
0: What would you pick, Luna? I would. Let my best friend win a hundred thousand. Really? Yeah. Damn, you're nice. Okay.
1: <laughs> you're nice. <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> so, damn. Um okay. Okay, this is okay. So would you rather clog the toilet on a first date or the first day at a new job? First
2: day at a new job.
3: First day at a new job. A
1: new job. Really? We'll yeah, really awesome. yeah? new yeah.
4: Job. Yeah. No, first date that that first day at a new job, you forget about it. First date, that's gonna be a very different <laughs> night and then you're just gonna that will just be yeah. You do
2: remember the first time your significant other plus. <laughs> like you just smell <laughs> like something. Like, oh, damn, that's how you down. Or you know, yeah, a job. You know, collective trauma. There'll be something else to irritate yeah. everybody. So you know, yeah, for sure, funny.
0: That's funny, What? I'd rather do it on the first date. I don't need to see that man again. Oh, oh,
3: okay,
2: so, You're know, oh. gonna you be with this person. I know. Right. Look at us being all positive. <laughs> I'm like I don't need to <laughs> see you again. This. No, I like, no. No, no, because Toronto's If this is taking place in Toronto, no, nah, that'll get around.
4: Like, no, that would for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, it's so, it's so impersonal in a job. Like, it's just like, I would, it's, that's not, that's not someone else's
0: toilet. That's the place's toilet. That's just like, yeah, whatever.
2: Like.
4: You're going to fart at work and you're going I'm like... Saying, I
0: don't want to be poop girl at work. <laughs> I know. You have to see those people every day. I was working in an office and someone else clogged the toilet on their first day. That it would be a wrap for them. <laughs> every day. Even if I didn't say it. I, really feel I can take that hit. Because
2: I've seen, Like, you know, you'd be in a meeting, somebody farted. And you're like, all right, I guess we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. So people are going to
3: pretend. And you're like, okay, oh, well... Exactly, yeah. Toronto is small. You're going to be at a party and gonna, that person's going to be nah, there. No, because, yeah, I can't be going like... Work yeah. is work. I can rationalize that but
2: like yeah. you know you going out to the club or at dinner and then someone just poking like yeah nah
3: yeah, I'm
0: saying this as someone who like farted on a first date when the guy leaned in for a kiss and then he kicked me out of his car so like <laughs> damn you know I've been here before it's not that bad you can recover it is what it is hold on but like he kicked you out he literally said just get out oh. I cried in his bed It was like a really bad first date um, oh
2: my god well you know what no, I guess you are right because we uh, a really close friend basically like family like she just like for no reason just admit like yeah not sometimes she just farts like when her and her boyfriend are about to have sex like just for the hell of it and we just were sort of like yeah I'm just gonna like yeah it's just, like sometimes it just it needs to come out I'm not holding it in for me <laughs> man I'm like,
0: okay. it's toxic it goes into your bloodstream no way I'm not holding it in so what would you guys pick who's gonna go first Phil what would you pick work
1: work work, work. okay
4: first of the job first of the job yeah.
1: Jabari Javari. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna. Yeah, I'm still gonna say
3: work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say work.
1: You're gonna say work too? Okay. Well, no, what are you gonna work. pick?
0: You're gonna pick date? Yeah, of course. I don't care about men that much either. So I think
1: I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick work because maybe there's a way to like hide it. You know,
0: if I work in the same facility as you, I'm finding out who it is, and I'm, I'm being extra about it. So <laughs> Oh no, so, yeah. no, I love to
3: be on my life. oh, it was you.
0: I'm like, <laughs> I love
2: catching somebody on my like,
3: Nah, no, that was you. <laughs>
0: um. Would you rather publish your entire search h- history going backwards from now on or never be able to use a smartphone again? Never be able
2: to use a smartphone again, no. Search history can't be in streets.
1: <laughs> no,
2: no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I can, I, can, yeah I, I can adjust. That would be,
1: what, would you, what would you pick, Mona?
0: Um, Never be able to use a smartphone again. I mean, it's toxic anyway, so fuck it.
1: Is everyone's search history that bad? Okay. yes
0: <laughs> there was a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> that, was <true. laughs> that was true
1: pandemic, there were pandemic searches i'm gonna That's say release,
3: release the search history go
1: ahead no, I'm okay. so oh my God.
2: <laughs> no i get into some dark corners to satisfy my curiosity
1: okay so my last question would you rather all um of your text messages get released or your photos
2: i would actually say photos to be honest because yeah my no, text Sometimes I beg. Ooh, yeah, nah. Yeah, photos. Ooh. Photos.
1: Photos? The, yeah, photos? the photos? You guys are all photos? Yeah.
0: photos, because we've yeah. got some cute ones that I never released. A photo
1: is still a photo. A text without context? Ooh. I, I think I'm going to go with text. I don't know if I want all
3: my shit to go.
1: Those are all of our questions for you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank on you for having us. I
3: apologize if we rambled, because I'm like, it's, you know
1: no you didn't ramble i think it's really good for people to, to like hear this is a conversation you know it's good for people to hear all this all the stuff that you guys like have done and the process behind it and and i think it's really important and um I'm, we're really grateful to have you guys here and again congratulations on season two
3: congratulations um, on great every gun Yes, oh, thank Congrats. you
1: thank you guys
3: congratulations on the porter like
1: yeah, yeah, I'm so excited to come out. <laughs>
0: and congratulations again! That was such an exciting conversation. It actually was so great having you know more than one guest. Um, I
1: know that was our biggest group. Like you said, like. Uh, and it was it was actually relatively easy I was like oh my god there's gonna be so many people how are we gonna do this but it was very fun I mean we only talked over each other
4: 30% of the time
1: (laughs) only 30% (laughs) but um thank you guys so much for coming on the show um and I'm very excited for everything that's going to come from that lovely group of humans because they're doing a lot of cool shit so um
0: do we we have any announcements
1: <laughs>
0: jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Double jinx. Double jinx. You can't speak for a week. Um, the only announcement I have is that I love you all and I would like you all to have an amazing Scorpio season. Um, yeah, I don't really have any announcements. Keisha, do you?
1: um I don't have any announcements, but I do have a big thank you that I want to say to the Gray Area cast and crew. Um our by the time this has come out, the film would have premiered at Real World Film Festival. And very exciting. Uh, very grateful. And we're gonna be doing some more events um this month. But just very grateful for everybody that's been supporting the film and stuff like that. And um as it relates to collective culture, I think that's it. I don't think we have any announcements. Obviously, go check out All the stuff that we're doing with Collective Culture. Um, So we have our monthly newsletter that is going to be, sorry, our monthly column that's in Never Apart's monthly newsletter. And then uh, we had an event happen in October that is going to be a part of their magazine for November. Um, So, yeah, we're very excited. Lots of things going on. Um, But as always, thank you guys for listening. And I hope everyone has a fantastic Scorpio season because shit always gets hectic around now. So, you
0: know. I want to see those Halloween right. costumes, baby. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at underscore Muna on both. And I'm at Keisha Chung on all things and
1: at Collective Culture with two
0: underscores. Bye. Collective Culture Creative Conversations, the podcast, is made possible by Never Apart in Collective Culture. This podcast is produced and researched by Keisha Chung, Muna Traore, and Anna Okoto. It is edited by Anna Okoto. The music you're hearing was made by the lovely Villa Beats. And if you like what you heard today, please rate and subscribe to the show. We appreciate you and your support, and we can't wait to bring you back more episodes. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next month.